Happy International Women's Day, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Healthy Perspectives. Guess what? We have a new co-host to announce, Kate Rubin. Kate is our community manager lead and part of the emerging digital group here at Patients and Purpose. Hi, guys. In celebration of Women's Month, we are joined today by four of our female colleagues, Marcella, Nora, Lauren, and Fadwa, to discuss the role of women as health decision makers and how that is reflected in our work. Let's start the conversation. Hey guys, happy International Women's Day. Whoop, whoop. We are joined by four incredible PMPers and we're excited to kick things off with an icebreaker. Um, so starting with Marcella, what is your favorite female anthem? Uh, hi, my name's Marcella. I'm on the strategy side here at Patience and Purpose. And um, one of my favorite songs that my sister and I had sung since we were little kids is Just a Girl by No Doubt. We both love that song. Amazing. Hi, I'm Lauren. I'm on the copy team here at PMP. And I think my favorite female anthem of the recent is the entire Jagged Little Pill album. And I not so shamefully saw the Broadway play as well, which that was going to be my next question. I actually <laughs> recommend the um, Broadway album, which is equally as indulgent and wonderful. Oh, hi, my name is Fadwa. I'm on the creative team here, and um, I feel like it's important to note that Beyonce is a just overall artist for women anthems. Um, but "Run the World" is a good anthem song. I really like. Yeah. Um, hey, my name's Nora. Um, I'm on the creative side here as well at PMP. Um, this question is making me feel like I'm gonna, like throw up or something like that just because like there's too much good music. It's just it's too good. I guess I feel like like life can't be defined by one song. Like it's Fair. too much. Um, I'll make a playlist and we can share it like of like women anthem yeah. because like it's just it can't exist in just one song like one yes. song I can't tie myself to it I'm sorry it's impossible well I think that is a great addition we can add to our podcast link but to kick it all off uh one interesting fact that I thought was cool is that 80 percent of the primary health decision makers are women Marcella why do you think that is I think it's because historically women have been the caretakers of the family. They're usually the ones that take the kids to the doctor's appointments. That's not to say that it's still the case, but historically that has been what's been happening. And then Lauren, um, at, from coming from a copy perspective, how do you engage this female audience? I think um, it's important to not just think of our audience as women, but as consumers. And so even though we're working in the healthcare space, it's not just like, how do they make healthcare decisions? But obviously, as a woman, it's easier to think as one. <laughs> that even makes sense. But um, yeah, I think just, you know, how does a consumer make decisions, not just in terms of healthcare, but life decisions? Um, helps in copywriting and helps um, set the tone of the brand. Fadwa and Nora, coming from an art side of things, what's your take on that? I feel like it's really important, um, especially for the first campaign that I started on here. Um, the majority were women. Um, and, you know, it was really interesting understanding the disease that I was on first and foremost because you know, it's not all women, but most of them were women. So making sure that the 
you know, the creative that we're putting forth um, makes sense to all the consumers, but also speaking from a woman's perspective um, was really important um, and like a great learning experience for me. So, yeah, I mean, I think in general, as we are creating more work that is more equal and inclusive, um, it's like it's really important to have not only the audience that you're talking to in mind, but also kind of just like the context that that appears. And I think like back in the day at an, another agency, um, one of the creative briefs that I got one time said, um, talk about the product in a way that makes it so easy that a woman could use it. This was only five or six years ago, you know, like, yeah. but, but I think it's like, even when we think about how uh, creatives are briefed on work and how creatives get background on work to do stuff, that kind of context and understanding your audience and understanding who you talk to um, is so important at that phase because that's then what rolls out into what goes out into the world. Um, and so I think understanding your audience, no matter who they are and where they're coming from and understanding the position that they're in is really important to create better work for them. Um, and that's for women, that's for everybody, you know? That seems such like a madman mentality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, make it so easy a woman could do this. Explain it that way. <laughs> Uh, Marcel, yeah, you right? made it. Oh, I, mean, I know. Like, I know. It's like shit. those are like the horror stories that like we would have to deal with. It's crazy. Marcel, you made an interesting point when you were talking earlier about how historically women were always the ones taking their kids to doctors and really like lived that caregiver role. And of course, we don't want to leave out dads or males in those roles. But when it comes to creating information for a caregiver, what's your approach on making sure that the information is informative but not scary? Well, I think that that goes beyond just caregivers. I think that any information that anyone should be getting should not be scary, especially when you talk about conditions or diseases or even the medications that your doctor may be prescribing you. It's all about making it approach approachable, making it honest, and making it easy to understand for that audience or for whomever it is that you're speaking. So I think it goes beyond just the caregivers. It goes to everyone and everything that we do. Yeah. Once a woman or any person has the information that we sort of put forth to them, I'm wondering how that information, how that messaging can help empower them, and in, in this case, um, women, make more informed health decisions. So Marcella and I worked on a really fabulous project last year where it was specifically targeting caregivers, but actually daughters who have assumed a caregiver role in their relationship with their mothers. And I thought that was just really a unique approach because I know prior to coming to the healthcare space, I always assumed a caregiver was um, either a peer or even someone older or outside of the family. And I think the definition of caregiver has changed a lot as you see all types of family dynamics and people moving home to care for aging parents or just all different relationships that have evolved more prominently over the past like few years. And as our economy and world changes, I think people are just taking on the role of caregiver that traditionally weren't. And this approach to this campaign was really interesting. Yeah, it, it was refreshing in the sense that it was targeting the daughters of the women that had this condition. And it was all about not only telling them that their mom could have it, but also what type of education they should be getting for their own health should they ever have this condition and what steps they needed to take or what questions they needed to ask their doctors. Because I think that that's also very important. It's just not education for education's sake. It's education in order to have better conversations with those healthcare professionals that you're going to see for 15, 20 minutes at a time. 
And I think that that's like super vital because I think, you know, often in the in the doctor's room, like in the hospital, in the way, like all of those things, it's where women are ignored a lot. You know, it's I mean, there's many spaces where women are ignored uh, far too many. But that is definitely one where it's like the materials that we create and the things that we're able to work on help and like give women the words to say in the doctor's office, you know, like give them the inspiration of what they can do so that they can actually get action to happen because a lot of times there's a lot of inaction when it comes to women's health um, and anybody paying attention to it. And so I think that that's kind of those pieces of like beyond just the caregiver role of women, but like for themselves in the doctor's office, what they're able to ask for um, and how they're able to get what they actually need because they're so often marginalized in that space. Right. How can messaging also help empower women to make those decisions for their loved ones too? Um, I feel like it's important to like take a step back and know that like it's our responsibility being in the healthcare field and taking on the role of like spreading information. Um, we're also educating ourselves. Like it's my first time learning about a lot of these diseases. And um, for me, when I'm taking in all this information and trying to make it like tangible and kind of like, you know, easy to understand for the public, um, I also have to turn it into something that feels more informative and less scary. So in a way, I'm like empowering myself, trying to figure out ways to, you know, learn about it myself for the first time and also making sure that whatever creative or, you know, copy we're putting out there um, makes sense to everyone else. Um, Because even if it is scary sometimes, truth is scary, but at least we're giving people like the information they need to move forward. I think that's a great point in Vadwa going off of your icebreaker. You talked about how Beyonce is such a anthem for women and she has like such an incredible like empowering message through all of her music but how can we channel that kind of Beyonce energy and make sure women feel like they have a big enough voice in the healthcare conversation um I mean I feel like growing up um like women's healthcare has become like very common now which is great because I feel like it's awesome to be part of like the first in a lot of the things that I've been growing up with. Um, you know, like as a Muslim woman, I feel like there's a lot of firsts. Um, so being able to say like something's more common is really empowering and impactful because it doesn't make me feel like, oh, you know, this is like new territory, like it's kind of scary or unknown. So I feel like, you know, now that there's so much going on about women's health. It's much easier to be able to hone in on those topics and be able to talk about it more easily. And um, since, you know, like we said, caregivers are like majority is women and, um, you know, it's just like the information is there, but, you know, we're realizing more and more that that's, it's always going to be changing. Um, I feel like, again, it's our responsibility to make sure that the message we're sending is one that's not just like point blank. It's, able to like open doors for women especially to continue like making sure to like you know get that pathway and continue it yeah I mean I think that's such an amazing point of like women's health used to be very taboo and it's like now there's a lot more like we're able to talk about 
things a lot more like with other women out in the open, right? These used to be like private behind closed doors conversation. And it is that piece of like opening up and being able to talk about this stuff publicly, opening up and being able to talk about our bodies publicly and that that has become acceptable on social. And so it's something that is now even, you know, more acceptable in meeting rooms for women to be acknowledging like what's actually going on with them um, physically, which I think the more women that you know are dealing with that stuff, the more open uh, women can be about that. The the more it takes away the the taboo-ness of it um, and makes it something that it's that we're all going through and we all get to share together. Definitely. Uh, Lauren, what's your take on just women finding their voice in healthcare? This is a big question. Give me a minute. Um, I think intuition is really important. So like as creatives, um, and Fadwa and I work together a lot, and I think we find ourselves often pausing and evaluating work in terms of like is this too complicated like is the copy clear and concise is the layout like is it more complicated than it has to be and I hope it doesn't sound like we're trying to ever dumb things down because that's not the case but sometimes like simple is better and it allows people to make easier decisions and sometimes there's too much info so also finding the balance of you know, maybe your client doesn't need like 500 brochures and that's okay, but someone needs to be like the loudest voice to tell them that like, you don't need all of these pieces and like two or three strong pieces of material is better than a cluttered space. So I think just constantly like pausing and reevaluating um, is really important. And we do that, I think, a lot in a good way. Yeah. yeah. Um, your mention of working in the healthcare space actually ties, it's going to lead very nicely to our next question. Um, cue Dolly Parton's nine to five. But um, as a working woman, um, what led you to healthcare as your advertising vertical? Um, I did not know that pharmaceutical advertising existed when I was an undergrad. Um, and I was very lucky that when I graduated, I was able to interview with the senior management um, at this company, and I immediately fell in love with it. And I've been here for over 12 years, so that just tells you how much I love this. I never really considered healthcare advertising until like fairly recently. And I want to say like, hopefully not midway through my career, but you know, I had been working in advertising for a while before I realized I was really burnt out and I was doing consumer packaged goods and just needed a change or would have probably shifted my focus and writing elsewhere. And it was just a happy accident that um, I ended up here. A very happy accident. Mm -hmm. But I just really was looking for something different and in looking for something new, was surprised how much I loved the humanness of working in this field. And it's just, I keep saying humbling, but like really mm -hmm. humbling, gratifying. And every day I feel like I'm chipping away at that sculpture of making people feel better. I actually have been in advertising for a while. And at my last job, I worked on both consumer products and healthcare. Um, so I, you know, when I was looking for a new challenge, I actually ended up strictly in healthcare and I've only been here for I think over three months now but um just moving to only one side um you know it has its challenges but I really was looking for that and um 
I learn something new every day, and I feel like the things I learn here from working on brands that I do um, really benefit me in the long run because I'm just, you know, I'm just pulling in a ton of information that I never knew about things that really affect people. Um, and so, you know, I just, um, I'm really grateful, of, like Lauren said, of the things that I work on here because I, you know, feel like it's really important um, and beneficial as I, you know, live through life knowing this information that I thought I never would uh, learn about. And, um, and yeah, I just love how fulfilling it all is. Yeah, I mean, I, I also don't have a background in healthcare and came here. This was my first time doing that. Um, I think the, the biggest thing that appealed to me is that I'm a creative problem solver in my kind of style and the healthcare system and healthcare advertising is incredibly broken and needs a lot of uh, solving. And so it felt like there was a constant challenge um, to, to make something better and that needed brains to make something better. Um, and I think every time we're able to do that and create work that hasn't existed in the space before or that is more true or that speaks to the audience better or that gets people excited about something that they normally wouldn't be excited about, um, it's a win. And I think we keep getting that because there's a lot of problems that need to be fixed and there's a lot of great brains here who want to fix those problems. And I think that that's very rewarding um, on that side of it. And so that's, it keeps, I always have a new mountain to climb here. And so um, I kind of keep wanting to do that. But Marcel, I'll kick it off with you. We know how you approach health as an advertiser and a strategist, but how do you approach it as a woman? Just because I'm very inquisitive in everything that I do, I just like to read and get as informed as I can possibly be about everything that's happening. I am actually very involved with my parents and my grandmother's health, so I know all of the conditions that they have. I have I've, I know all of the medicines that they have. I even know sometimes what interactions happen with the medicines that they take. And I do that because I invested in what they have and in what they're taking. And I bring that to the table with my own health. Like if they're, whenever I'm at the doctor's office, I ask so many questions that I actually end up spending like 45 minutes instead of the 15 minutes that I get to be with my doctor every time. But I get so much out of it and that's how I approach health in that aspect. Like I wanna be able to read, learn, and be as informed as I can be in order to have those conversations with the people that are actually making the decisions for me if I am will ever be taking anything. Interesting that you say that. I um, That kind of struck a, a chord with me. Um, my mom has like instilled in me that when I go to the doctors, like I write in, in, in my notes app, I just have like all of these questions that I've accumulated, but mostly she's like said to me, like you need to ask X, Y, and Z. And it's just, it's important. I think it's nice that I have someone looking out for me, but that as a woman, you get the full picture because sometimes I do feel like things kind of like fall through the cracks and we won't really stand up for ourselves as much. Yeah, and I think that it was important for me because I'm an immigrant of immigrant parents. And at the time, I was the only one that spoke English. I was the only one that was actually able to have those conversations with the doctors. So it was important for me to be even more informed than my parents, even more informed than my grandmother, because I was the one, the, the interacting person with the doctor to be able to have those conversations with them. For me, it's all about intuition. And um, so I knew I had an underlying health issue a few years ago, and it took three doctor visits 
with specialists over the course of like two and a half years to figure out what it was but like I knew deep down something was wrong and luckily it's like very manageable and nothing serious just put that out there (laughs) but um I think I just had to listen to my gut and no like I, I didn't settle and so I think a lot of what we try to communicate to our patients that we're reaching or trying to reach in our advertising communication is like if you know in your heart of hearts something's not right like don't stop asking questions and there's no penalty to how many questions you ask no matter like how many times you go for follow-up visits like you know just keep keep being annoying until you get the answer I feel you like want. that's just yeah. good universal rules to live by totally yeah it reminds me of the sex in the city episode where Samantha has breast cancer and she goes to this like really awful doctor but everyone all the women are going to this like really lovely lady but it's so hard to get an appointment so she uses her like hot actor boyfriend to like swoon the yeah. secretary <laughs> I kind of want that to- so sad. But it was just about the way that like when you feel like you can have a connection with a doctor or you feel like they're giving you their unbited attention, like people are going to follow because they want to be a part of that and feel safe. Not to make this like all about Sex and the City, but that episode is really interesting at the beginning because the reason why she switches her doctors is she's saying that her doctor implied that uh, she was because she hadn't had children, she was more susceptible to having breast cancer. Um, but I do think that that's something beyond, again, we can <laughs> remove all <laughs> I really want to keep this in. City references <laughs> by the by. to this. But I think that like that's that piece of like doctor, people, okay, in general, we do not know how to talk to each other in ways that are respectful. Like people like that. And then you get into like a, a conversation with a healthcare professional and someone who's freaked out about their health or anything like that. And then it turns into this whole thing of like the implied language that happens between the two parties. You know, the assumptions that are being made on both these sides. Um, and then also so kind of blaming someone by like a doctor can say a fact and it sounds like it's your fault, you know, like and I think that those types of things happen a lot in the healthcare conversations because you have someone who has history and power and knowledge, but they also probably don't have very good social skills and they're with someone who is unsure. And that's across the board, you know, like male, female. But I do think that that part's like interesting that like we, we often I think women take on blame a lot. You know, right? Like that's kind of like a an old school mentality of that that's the burden that women have to bear. And I think that then you get into the healthcare space and you're being told that something happened to you and it might not be your fault at all. It might be genetic, whatever, all these things. But then it's like, oh, well, you didn't do this enough or you didn't do this enough or you got it because of this thing or because you don't have children, you're more susceptible to this or, you know, like, or because you've had so much sex, this has happened to you, right? Whatever, you know, like all of these things that then it turns into blaming as opposed to um, a health conversation. Yeah. And I think like working in healthcare for the short time that I have, like, has taught me to be a lot less passive when it comes to my own health. And making sure, like, all the information that I work on daily to, you know, um, put out in the world about certain diseases, it's like I should be asking all those questions about what I'm going through in my own health because, you know, if the information is there, why not ask about it? I think that really, like, ties in nicely to our founding story at Patients and Purpose as, like, our agency was started by women almost 20 years ago. So I would love to hear all of your quick takes on what does that mean you to work for an agency that's been founded by two women? To me, it's really inspirational. Um, my mom and my grandmother have always told me that I come from a long line of very strong women, and working for really strong women is something that drives me every day. 
yeah, I mean, I think it's just, I, it's the same piece of, you know, you can't, it's very hard to move down a path if you don't see someone like that in front of you or, you know, that, that role in front of you. And it's not impossible. It's just, it makes the world a lot better when we're able to see, you know, women in, in positions of power and that that gives inspiration for more women and for everybody to kind of keep moving forward. And so I think having women CEOs as part of our, you know, like as part of the basis of our company shows that that is the possible position. And I think that that's something that, um, that hasn't always existed. Obviously it hasn't always existed. And, uh, the more that we have that, the more important that is. But I think that that's like on a, you know, day-to-day basis, knowing that like women were at the core of this company, that it was rare for them to do that, that they were like young starting it is also like badass. Like they were like in their twenties when they started this. So like thinking about this company that's existed, that has hundreds of employees now that two women in their twenties kind of put together, um, in a time when that was even more rare than it is now is pretty cool. Let's look forward. So what do you think the future of healthcare will be specifically for women's needs? Okay, so recently a commercial was not aired during the Oscars because it was deemed too, um, I don't know what the, not explicitive, uh, inappropriate. Yeah, it was considered sexual. And it was very poignantly dealing with women's health, specifically postpartum, which is not discussed often, if ever. Um, And so I would love for, this is so small, but like I would love for this commercial to one day make it onto broadcast television because it was really disheartening to know the rationale behind the reason they pulled the spot. That's a great yeah, and I think that that, like, you kind of keep seeing that. I think it was even a couple of years ago um, with uh, the Thanks underwear, the ads that they did, which was showing fruit. Um, it was showing, like, a cut, a half of a orange or, you know, something like that. So it was, again, just, like, slightly suggestive of, of a female body part. Um, all the ads were pulled. At the same time, there were breast augmentation ads that were running um, on the subway that were not pulled, even though they were showing pretty much melons and women holding them up to their bodies and all of this stuff like that. And that was considered fine. But then one that was kind of a softer, <laughs> maybe, approach was considered way too sexual and they they pulled all the ads. And so I think that that continues to happen. You see that going on, especially as we talk about women's sex and and all of that as part of the a broader conversation um, and women's health. Like it's just it it's it gets put under a different microscope than than the general advertising. And so I think definitely seeing that get pulled back and being that postpartum gets to be part of the Super Bowl conversation. Yeah, and I feel like in both those instances, like, I'm not going to put money on it, but if I had to, I feel like the people in the room were probably not women. <laughs> so um, I don't think, I mean, I, I love that patience and purpose is really driven by that. But I feel like, you know, there's a lot of um, room and, you know, work to be done to make sure that these things don't happen in other industries or companies. I think there's also a lot of companies and new products and brands that are just making everything more conversational and also accessible, which is like pretty cool. And for all of our fans out there who have just started in the industry, what is one piece of advice you could give them? Um, Be brave, be bold, be inquisitive. Don't be afraid to voice your opinions. When I was first asked to do this, I was uncomfortable and 
you know, when um, one of my coworkers asked them, why did you say yes? Like, I was like, because I like to put myself in an uncomfortable position so I can learn from it. Um, so I think that, you know, it's always important to be bold and uh, make sure that you have, a, that you know you have a voice and, you know, whether people like it or not, you should use it. Um, and yeah, and put yourself in uncomfortable situations. <laughs> Never be afraid to walk away from a job or a role or a project if it's not right for you. Yeah, and I guess to last bit, like I think like it's so vital and important to find your people um, at work and to find the women that inspire you, uh, the, the people that inspire you at work, both above you, below you, around you, like everything like that. I think finding your community of people um, makes work better makes you better yeah those are great notes to end on thank you guys so much in celebration of international women's day kate and i are lucky to be surrounded by you guys so thank you again for joining us yeah thanks for having us thank you for thank having you. us Thank you, Marcella, Nora, Lauren, and Fadwa for chatting with us today. Women's Month is definitely a time to celebrate the great female colleagues we are so lucky to get to work with. Share some love and appreciation for the women in your life. Be sure to keep updated with our online community by following at Patience and Purpose on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.